Good morning, everybody. Let's get started. I have no watch, so whoever, it's 22 after, so what time do we end? 10.55, great. Okay, um, let's, uh, let's pray. Before we pray, actually, though, does anyone have a Bible like this? Man, these are great. I can't tell you, these are going to be a new confirmation Bibles, I think. Man, I love them. Some of you guys, some of you parents who had children who went through the early Lord's Supper this last summer, I think might have gotten one of these. It's the, well, it's the ESV, but it's the red one, I don't know. The Lutheran one. It's got the small catechism in the back. It has uh, the, the daily prayers in it, um, amongst a bunch of other prayers. And then you don't have to carry two books around. For confirmation, just carry one. What's that? Mm, Yes. Pastor Gainick says yes. Yes! In the literature center. I bet you, I bet you Barb could get those for you, though. Anyways, I just love them. I think Pastor Gaining likes it too. His is all worn out. Mine, you know, I, I don't, I don't read the Bible ever, so that was a joke. <laughs> Woo! All right. Um, let's pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin. Neither run into any kind of danger, but all, that, but all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your side, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Why is Johnny Cash up here? Who knows? Um, I am continuing on with the beauty theme. And I'd like everybody to open to Mark chapter 15. I guess, I don't know if people brought their Bibles or not. If you didn't, that's okay. Pay attention, because we'll, I'll read it out loud. If you take a look in your bulletin, um, I think the title for this Bible study has to do with something about turning the tables upside down. <laughs> Pastor Gainig keeps laughing at me. But let's read, the, let's read the Mark chapter 15 real quick, and then I'll explain where we're going. Mark chapter 15, verse 33 through 39. It's the death of Jesus. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, Behold, He is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. 
And when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. Today's, well, the next couple weeks' lesson, to put it in a nutshell, is Scripture forms our eyes and worship forms our lives. Scripture forms our eyes and worship forms our lives. Here in this scene in the death of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, we have Jesus hanging on a cross as a loser, deprived of all power, deprived basically of everything. He's naked on a cross. And yet when this centurion looks at Jesus, he sees something completely opposite. Rather than seeing a man declared guilty, rather than seeing a man who is at his weakest, he looks at Jesus and says, there's the Son of God. Now in the Gospel of Mark, for those men who are at the Tuesday night men's Bible study, you'll, you'll know that this is the one point in the Gospel of Mark This is the only time a human actually calls Jesus the Son of God in the Gospel of Mark. All other times, humans get it wrong. Sure, they call him the Christ, like Peter, but then in the next section, he's calling Jesus not to go to Jerusalem, which Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan. Sure, people call him, you know, wonderful miracle worker, teacher, but it's not until here that they actually confess Jesus as the Son of God. Now, sure, the Father in heaven, at his baptism and at the transfiguration, does declare Jesus as his Son, but frankly, it doesn't really make any sense to anybody. It's not until the cross that the centurion declares Jesus as the Son of God. So if you're looking for an image that turns the tables upside down, this is it. Because Jesus is is naked, about to die. Well, he did die here. And he's still labeled the Son of God. What Mark does is call a paradoxical exaltation. He takes something and turns it around. He takes something that looks like a losing battle, actually lost, and he turns it into victory. This is what Johnny Cash does. This is where we're going to get at with Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash does do a wonderful job of taking something that appears to be about something else, and he turns it into something else. What we're going to take a look at is a music video. 
This might be a little avant-garde, perhaps, for everyone. But trust me, <laughs> this, this is, uh, I actually, this last summer we went to North Carolina, the, some of the high school students and I, and uh, I had to give a little presentation. Not this presentation, but uh, something different. But I did use this video. And a lot of the kids loved it. You know, it was great. But one of the most impactful experiences for me was a, it was a, about a 50-year-old man who came up. And he said, you know, Pastor Nelson, I appreciate your presentation. I'm a former heroin addict. And this video, with your explanation, told the story of my life. And we'll see, we'll see we'll, we're going to take a look at it now. We'll see what in the world this guy's talking about. I should probably plug it into my computer. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious. Of thorns, 
upon my liar's chair Full of broken thoughts I cannot repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt First of all, let's just talk about the video. That means you guys are going to have to participate by raising your hand. Uh, I don't know if that is demanding a lot out of you or not, but um, if you could just share with me some of the images that you saw in the video. Mr. Holland. Interesting. Cool. What other images? Anybody see? Go ahead. A feast layout. Yeah, pretty obvious, right? It was very interesting. He was by himself at a feast made for many. Fascinating. Yes, Mrs. Houlihan. Yeah. Excellent. Pretty dramatic images here. Keep on going. Yeah, wow, fantastic. A flood. Well, first of all, I should probably fill you in on a few things. I wanted to, um, The old beaten house that you kind of see him walking around in is actually his childhood home. Um, 
And it almost appears like the floods, it's not the same house, but it does appear to be similar. Very fascinating. Great. Excellent. One of the interesting things about music videos in general is the juxtaposition between the music and the images and how um, really the, the images are there to support and tell the same story, story as the words, if not uh, help us really to understand what the words are. In fact, there's a, there's a unique switch, which isn't really in the album, but where Johnny Cash appears to be looking kind of up, and he says, you stay, the way, you know, stay away from me. You hear? Um, that's actually an image taken from one of his movies called The Gospel Road, 1973 movie. Um, and he's actually talking about, he's actually talking to somebody. Right after that moment, someone is introduced, and that's, that's the image of Jesus. The images of Jesus start coming in after that. And one of the fascinating things is in this movie is that although like Mr. Holland had said, up through this moment, there is this constant tension between great accolades of Johnny Cash, of his life, but then also mixed with Broken Glass in one of his uh, platinum albums, I believe. Or, um, also, there's a museum, the House of Cash, I, I think it is, it's called, um, there's a great irony in that. What, what are museums made for? What's that? The public. Made for the public, but what do they tell? It's what? Well, about dead people, but they tell a story of something. The funny thing is, though, that, that, that museum was closed. You could tell it was overgrown. And so basically, it's a, it's a great image of Johnny Cash's life amounts to nothing. Um, all the great acolytes, all that, basically come rushing in to the viewer, but they come in, 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 a, in a, with a bit of irony because everything is broken, shut down, lay ruined. And then the lights turn on. I don't know if you noticed that. The lights turn on, and then that's the same time where Johnny Cash tells someone to stay away from him, and then that's when Jesus comes into the video. And then at the very end, there's a great juxtaposition between Jesus and Johnny, that you don't know what the, who the words are, or who, who's, saying, who's singing the words, and who is uh, the one who's singing them, who, who's he singing them to. This video does go through Johnny's life, as we can tell from his early popularity, to kind of his dark binges. And then finally, June Carter is introduced at the end. June Carter is his wife. And then at the very end, though, is the reality of his own age and his own mortality. Now, if anybody knows anything about this video, it is that this is actually not a song that Johnny wrote. He, he actually took it from a guy by the name of Trent Reznor, Rezer, who uh, is the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, which you know, any teenager would probably be able to tell you who, who that is. 
Not some, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart kind of music. Um, I, I don't necessarily recommend it either, but what Johnny does is he changes one lyric in the entire movie. I mean, in, in the entire song. He, he changes one lyric. is I wear this crown of, and, and it's a swear, in Trent Reznor's version. But in Johnny's, it's, I wear this crown of thorns. Now, one could just say that, you know, he's, he's trying to avoid obscenity. But in those last scenes, it says a lot. There's the scene of the crucifixion, the rapid-fire closing sequences of Johnny spilling wine over a feast. I don't know if anybody knows anything, too. Uh, Johnny died very very soon after the release of this, which is uh, very poetic, and now we can see that that perhaps is his last supper. Really, through the, the movie, the impli- or the video, the implication's clear. Johnny shares more with Jesus than just simply the initials, J.C. The song and the video are just not simply about his life and getting older. But there's a a deeper message that really cultivates a close tie between him, uh, Johnny, as sinner and saint, and as Jesus Christ, the Savior of all sinners. It definitely cultivates a, a close relationship between the two, between salvation and freedom. It's not, you know, Johnny does this great thing in, in most of his music videos, and we're actually going to take, one, take a look at a different one next week, probably, is that Johnny's not simply talking about his being absolved from his transgressions, but he's talking about at his weakest moments in life. That is where Johnny is closest to Jesus. And that, that, that was made abundantly clear in this video. Everything he's done, his umpire dirt, you can just take it away. It's fine. Now, the, one, of the, one of the interesting things is, is uh, this actual original writer of the song says this about it. I wrote this song in my bedroom as a way of staying sane about a bleak and a desperate place I was in, totally isolated, totally alone. Somehow, he, Johnny, winds up reinterpreting this music in a radical way, but yet still retains the sincerity and meaning. It's totally different, but every it as pure. The reason why I bring that up is because uh, the crucifixion, Jesus is crowned with a, a crown of thorns. He's robed in a purple garment. Does anybody know what the purple garment is for? 
loyalty. And actually, Jesus would probably have a pole he'd be sitting on in the cross, and that was called the sedalia. Pastor Gainick, what do we call the sedalia? Now. Chair. Chair. Liturgically speaking, what do we call it? Yeah, where is it? Where is the sedalia? Right there. Um, what the Romans were doing with Jesus, putting the crown of thorns, putting the purple robe, is directly related to the sentence that was given to him above his head, King of the Jews. The Romans are mocking him so, uh, to, to such a great degree. The strange thing is, for the centurion, it actually now begins to turn from mockery to truth-saying. It turns everything on its head. So much so that now the centurion, because of the way he gave up his breath, verse 39 and 15, chapter 15, And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way, In this way, he breathed his last, meaning that he was faithful to the end. Now he gave the proper witness of what it means to be the Son of God. Johnny Cash has this to say. I believe what I say, but that doesn't necessarily make me right. There's nothing hypocritical about it. There's a spiritual side to me that goes real deep, but I confess right up front that I'm the biggest sinner of them all. One of the the interesting things about us as Christians is that we really do want to participate in the transformation of the Christian life. We don't want to be in the same spot we were five years ago. We want to keep progressing or moving. Inevitably, the question is, well, what does that look like? If we, if, we, if we keep our eyes focused upon Jesus, what that looks like is persecution and suffering, but yet maintaining the proper witness through it. In the music video, Johnny Cash in the end, still maintains the proper confession. He's, he's a damned sinner that only has Jesus there to forgive him. So what does the transformation look like? Well, it looks like, it looks like when you die, you still, you still confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's, it's when you die, people say and look at you and say, boy, that was a child of God. And in a way, this music video does that very same thing. Because of timing, he was an old man on his way to death, but yet he finishes 
his last music video with an image of Jesus. And he only can say that because that's what God said. And that's, that's actually where we're going to end here. Is that the crucifixion is the place of salvation. Not because it looks like it, but because God said that's where it's at. God said the Son of Man is going to go, be persecuted, mocked, die, but rise again. And he's going to do it for you. And that's when Peter says, no way you're going to do that. But he says the same thing for us today. The image of salvation is one who's dead on a cross. And everything in our senses, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, says the exact opposite. Clearest image is four grown men feeding people little pieces of bread and wine. I walk into this place without faith, without Jesus, that makes zero sense to me. In fact, it looks silly. It looks like foolishness. But when you're given the eyes of Jesus, that looks like God and man spending time forever and ever. So I I think you guys have talked about this the last several weeks. What makes things beautiful is not, not themselves, but because God says they're beautiful. God makes things through his living word. Pastor Gainick's favorite phrase, the viva vox. You guys did talk about that, right? Okay. And, and, and in the Hurt video, Johnny Cash does that very thing. He realizes everything that he sees, his accolades, his life, is broken, closed museum, Betrayal, abandonment of his Lord and Savior. But because his Lord and Savior took upon himself the crown of thorns, he knows he will, and it gets a little funny at the end of the video, where the dove and the horizon come in. But he knows that he will be with his Lord in the heavenly realm. time is it? Perfect. Any questions? Did you guys like the video? Uh, Mrs. Zempel. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what the death is because of the it's it's who we are. I mean, he may have done it in a different way, in a more public way. Right. But a sinner is a sinner, and absolutely. Uh, I think one of the best things about this video is, uh, you know, you don't have to be a Johnny Cash fan to like it. Jill, are you a Johnny Cash fan? Right. 
Now you like him. That's right. <laughs> to be honest, I never liked Johnny Cash. A little personal story, and I'll end with this. Um, I was actually driving in the car. Well, whenever this came out, I can't remember now. Had no particular interest in Johnny Cash whatsoever, but if anybody is a 93.1 fan, anybody? All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> they play good music. They played this song, and all of a sudden, I'm immediately enraptured by it. And from that moment on, I became a Johnny Cash fan. For this very reason. I felt, I felt like he was communicating the story of my life. Which goes back to the heroin addict. The heroin addict, uh, the heroin addict at, at the Higher Things Conference said, this tells the story of my life because I've been a damn sinner my entire life. And it was at the moment where I was my weakest that the Lord's voice, through another, came to me and said, you're forgiven, you you don't have to live this way anymore. And it was a a long road. I mean, he was 50 years old. He, He probably was struggling with that. He said every day, and the one, the one thing that says, I, the needle tears a hole, but I remember everything. We're going to talk about that next week, but us remembering our sins goes against do this in remembrance of me. Is that this guy struggled with the fact that he was not supposed to remember his sin, but was supposed to remember what the Lord said about him. You are forgiven, and you are mine. So yeah, that's why I love Johnny Cash, is because I think everybody, if we're honest with ourselves, we can see ourselves very clearly in that. The only reason why we can see that clearly is because we know what Scripture says. We don't use Johnny Cash to interpret Scripture, but we use Scripture to interpret Johnny Cash. Just because uh, Scripture interprets our lives. It makes sense of everything. It gives us reality. Which is very similar to what Pastor Gainig has said in his sermon today. So hopefully you're hearing echoes of what he said. All right, let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.